Welcome to 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness with your host, Dr. Rob Bell. Dr. Rob interviews expert coaches, executives, and athletes about mental toughness and their hinge moments. The hinge. It connects who we are with who we've become, and it only takes one. And now for your host, Dr. Rob. What, what is it that you want to do one day? And I said, oh, I want to do what you're doing. I want to coach in college. And she looked at me, and, and now she's she's a little rougher now around the edges. And she said, uh, well, you know, Brooks, I mean, I, it's it's going to be tough for you to ever get in. You know, I mean, you're you're not playing. You know, I mean, this is really, a you know, a player's profession. You know, and I remember her saying that. And, you know, and, you know, I mean, right now, I mean, I, you know, it's probably not as big of a deal saying this out loud, but as a kid, as a younger person with a dream and, you know, big eyed and, you know, I I remember it crushing me. This podcast, 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness is brought to you by our sponsor, SOS Rehydrate. It's an organic drink mix as effective as an IV drip. It's proven by science and used by elite athletes because only the best will do for elite athletic performance. So for all your hydration needs, our listeners today get 15% off if you enter the code mental toughness at INeedSOS.com. This episode is brought to you by Some Sleep. Go to getsome.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-M.com. We all deserve a better night's sleep. You drink one can 30 minutes before bed, and it's that simple. This awesome blend lets you not only fall asleep fast, but then wake up feeling absolutely refreshed, not hungover or foggy. You're going to absolutely love this product. And In fact, if you go to getsome.com and enter in the promo code Dr. Rob Bell, D-R-R-O-B-B-E-L-L, you get 10% off. Guarantee you're going to love this product. Go there right away. So our guest today on 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness, native of Louisiana, and she is the uh, head coach of uh, Louisiana Monroe women's basketball team, the Warhawks. So she was previously the head coach at McNeese State for nine years. Now she took the team to -to back-to-back NCAA tournaments um, their first ever postseason appearance, and her nine season at McNeese, she took them to six straight postseasons, four 20-plus win seasons. What's impressive about that is they hadn't had a winning season in 10 or 11 seasons before she had arrived. For the past three seasons, though, she has been the assistant basketball coach at Alabama. Uh, she's also been at Southern Miss, Memphis, uh, Arkansas, Little Rock. She's a graduate of uh, Mississippi State University. Uh, married to Tyler uh, Tyler Williams, and they have one son, Griffin. Our guest today is Coach Brooks Williams. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. So one of the things I was fascinated because we met then, I, I, got, I got to watch you do a session at uh, Louisiana uh, Coaches Clinic. Um, it's fascinating to see all the details that you do. You know, when did you know that you – wanted to be a coach? I think when I was born. Uh-huh. You know, I, 
You know, very early on, really. I, I mean, I, you know, my mom and dad say that I said it when I was little bitty. And, uh, you know, I just, I love the game of basketball. I grew up in a, a small, very small town in southwest Louisiana, and it was a huge girls' basketball community. And, uh, and I just had it in my blood. I, I knew I wanted to be a part of the game and uh, just felt like I always wanted to coach in, in some way. So at, throughout your journey, I mean, I have so much respect for coaches because I don't think people realize the, um, just the journey that you all have to go down in order to get to where you want to go as a coach. And, and a plus about all the lives that you impact along the way. I wanted to start out with this. You had success at McNeese State. Um, nine seasons there. You had back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances, a lot of success. Um, can you talk about that journey? Because then you transition then to becoming then an assistant at Alabama. Can you talk about that? Yeah, you bet. You know, I'll tell you, the, the experience at McNeese was incredible. Uh, you know, a lot of people told me to to not take that McNeese job, that it would be a dead-end job. You would never leave there. You're so young. You know, don't take it. Don't do it. You know, of course, at the time, we were flipping around the Southern Miss program. And, uh, you know, and, and I think a lot of my, my coaching friends that were older – felt like you know it would have been smarter maybe uh to advance to stay at southern miss you know and and not take the mcneese job just because that program had not won the southland at the time you know the the top of the league you know the coaches were doing well but the bottom of the league those coaches had not moved you know and so um i don't know you know i've always been somebody who did things you know with a feeling and of course it was my home you know lake charles you know jennings louisiana is about 30 minutes from from lake charles okay. and so when, when i went there to visit I, I just i knew i knew that there was a need uh for somebody to come in and help that program and you know i felt like i could do it i felt like with the right people around me um and and obviously you know you get in that situation and and it's all about recruiting and and the right student athletes, and, and we were blessed to, to sign some fantastic young ladies. But and that's what it's all about, you know, it, the culture and, and the young ladies that you bring in. But you know, we were very fortunate to flip that program, and what a rewarding feeling to do that for our students, our you know, our athletes, our administration, everybody involved, because it took everybody. I mean, we were literally the very bottom of the country in Division One when we took that program over right and uh and so anyway you know i you know to do you know to look back on it now i don't know that we realized during the time while it was happening you know exactly what we were accomplishing at the time but to look back on it now it it was incredible and uh and and i'm just you know i'm so proud of all of those young ladies that bought into something that they could not see you know, they, they bought into a vision that was definitely not seeable, you know, and uh, and so anyway, and then moving on to Alabama, you know, you know, that was that was the toughest thing I probably have ever done in my in my career, mm-hmm. you know, to leave a program that you built, you know, technically from, you know, a blank canvas on, you know, and, and to leave those student athletes that were still there that you had recruited and to leave an administration, a community, 
my home, so to speak, in southwest Louisiana. Um, but, you know, I just felt like it was time. Felt like, you know, it was a great move and opportunity uh, to work for a really good friend of mine, Christy Curry. And uh, the SEC, you know, obviously we know that's an incredible league. That was a step that I skipped in my young coaching career. I had not coached in a Power Five conference. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd gone, you know, obviously you, you said it earlier, Memphis and Southern Miss and Arkansas Little Rock and uh, was very blessed with a lot of great opportunities early in my career, but uh, had not coached, you know, and at the, S, you know, the SEC level, you know, and just felt like it was a great opportunity, the right fit. And, uh, and the right time. You know, I, I always feel like in coaching, timing is everything. Right. And, you know, you can be right and you can be wrong. You know, it's probably that way in every business, right? You know, but, uh, but it, it, was, it was right. It, it was the right thing to go, you know, and gain experience. You know, I felt like I wanted to learn more and, and get better, uh, grow my, my knowledge, grow the game, you know, and, and I did, you know, I was able to, to go to Alabama those three years and, and just get better as a coach, get better for, you know, for the next group of student athletes, I, I would be able to impact. And, and I'm so thankful I was able to do that. Yeah. So with that coach, I mean, were you able to see things as an assistant at a bigger time program? Um, were you able to see things and then evaluate your own coaching style, like being an assistant? You bet. Oh, you bet. I mean, it's it was totally different than being a, a young assistant prior to taking the McNeese job as right. a head coach, you know. Um, you know, you know, obviously you'd been a head coach I'd been a head coach for nine years, you know, so I was able, I think, to to see things in a totally different light that I didn't understand before I was a head coach. You know, I didn't I didn't understand everything that, that a head coach's responsibilities were I didn't yeah I don't think you ever understand that till you're in that seat you know and so you can't really understand what what that person is going through and why they're making the decisions they're making and you know and so I, I think you have some some you know just a different a different way to help them a different way to um to navigate you know some some situations just just to better that program for them and, you know, I, you know, and I think that hopefully helped their program and helped Christy, you know, she's a great lady and, and Louisiana girl. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I, I think that was certainly very beneficial to have had that experience at McNeese and, and going back to be an assistant. Yeah. Just always moving that one seat over, right? Either left or the right. You bet. You bet. <laughs> when it comes to mental toughness, coach, um, relate that to coaching. How does that apply um, you know, your life as coaches and coaches in general in terms of mental toughness, that grit, that resiliency? It's everything. I mean, it is everything. It's, you know, it starts when you wake up in the morning, you know, till you put your head on your pillow at night. You know, I, I truly believe it's everything. It, you know, it, it, I think about this because, you know, a lot of the, the mid-majors, and, and it doesn't have to be a, a mid-major, you know, that you're, you're coaching. It can be you know, at a power five, it, you know, it doesn't really matter what level, I guess, but, you know, thinking to the, you know, I've spent most of my career at a, at a mid-major uh, in coaching and, you know, at McNeese State, you know, a lot of it was training young coaches, you know, and training people in the coaching profession 
and I hate to say training because a lot of these folks are, are great people and great coaches and you know and and uh, the mental toughness piece no matter the experience is everything it, it, it's everything because you're gonna hire folks that may not have the experience but if they have mental toughness and a resiliency and a work ethic then you're going to have success in your program you know and I've always felt like those qualities trump anything else and that filters on down to your players it filters on down to your managers and your athletic trainers and everybody else in your program it's it's everything when how can you spot mental toughness when when you see it either in a player or in a coach how can, how can you spot it what is something you look for I think it's a lot of detail, a lot of little things. Um, you, you know, I think you can watch people work. You can watch people in their attention to detail. I know that's big for me. You know, I mean, you know, when you're watching someone work, you know, like, you know, let's just take, you know, like we're about to go on the road for July recruiting. I think it's always interesting to watch the people that put on the events, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm saying that to, you know, like an example would be like, you know, you have these folks that are there at seven o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. setting up the chairs and, you know, and, and setting everything up perfectly. And then you go to some events and they don't care how the chairs are set up. You know, they're, they're not worried about those things, you know, and, and I know those are little things and, and don't have anything to do with my job or the coaching world or anything like that. But I watch those folks and I think, man, they're going to be successful. You know, who, who is that? I want to meet them. You know, good good for them. You know, and you know, I always love meeting folks that love doing their job and love doing it well, um, because I have a feeling they're going to be extremely successful at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. They've got, I call it the it factor. You know, and we say it in recruiting. You know, but I think we can say it as adults and in, in the professional world. There's an it factor, and it's it's a mental toughness piece, attention to detail. Um, you know, the ability to, you know, to, to be able to complete a task when others aren't able to do that because you can, you know, find that, that, that perseverance or, you know, just that will to, you know, to, to go above and beyond a little bit or a lot. Yeah. So when it comes to like looking at athletes today, um, how can you, what's something you look at for that, that it factor? Because I mean, you only have so many times to be able to look at them. You can see them interact with their folks and their parents and their friends. But what's something that you look for? Well, I think there there are several things. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I, I love watching young ladies take charges. You know, I mean, you, you see kids take charges. That's a big mental toughness. Right? I remember you like, men- you mentioned that at the uh, at the clinic too. That's right. No doubt, that probably got you fired. Oh up. yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you, you see a kid. That's rare. I, I mean, it's just rare. I mean, we have to teach, we have to teach student athletes now, you know, how to take charges. And and a lot of people don't like that contact. That's a toughness piece. You know, that's, it's a mental toughness. It's a toughness, you know, and and a lot of kids just don't like any piece of it. And so when you find somebody that likes it, they're going to help you win. You know, those, those folks are going to be champions at some point in their career. Um, You know, diving after loose balls and, you know, just those kids that, you know, are sprinting after balls and, and sprinting to their coaches and, 
you know, I think the communication piece when they're engaged and they're locked into their coaches and locked into their teammates. And, you know, I remember, you know, recruiting in Alabama this past year. And there's, there are a couple of young ladies in a, in, in one program mm -hmm. that just are locked into each other. And it, you know, I remember when they're on my schedule to go watch them, I'd get fired up because they have the mental toughness and the toughness piece that you know wherever they're going to play collegiate basketball, they're going to help. Mm -hmm. And they're going to help that program be a champion. You know, and, and you know, it's just so many intangibles and it factors. I think Trump talent. Yeah. You know, and or maybe, you know, and I hate to say it, we say that a lot. Maybe it is talent. You know, I mean, we say it Trump's talent. I think a lot of times that those intangibles win. Yeah. One of the things I like sharing with my kids is um, hustle is a talent, but it takes no talent to hustle. That's right. So, yeah, it's always that's a good exactly. one. That's exactly. Yeah. Coach, I love it. I love it. Um, coach, you know, one of the things I think it, when people say like back in the day, back in the day wasn't 85 or 95, I think it was like 2005. Um, what are some of the things that you've noticed that have changed either – you know, because I, th I think it's all trickled down, right? I mean, if if people say athletes have changed, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think we as a society and culture just change along with it. Coaches, parents, the over involvement, all that. What what have you feel? Um, what do you think has changed? Um, you know, in the last ten, fifteen years, I guess, when it comes to your job and and just the overall culture of basketball and sports in general. You know, I love that you're asking that because I've caught myself in the last couple years saying that saying you know kids are different and things have changed and and you're exactly right i i don't agree with that i i think we've changed you know our our expectations and you know i don't know if it's expectations but you know our standards and you know we've lowered them and you know i you know it's been fun to to be here you know at ulm and and to take over this program because i think it proves the point that you and i are both making right now um i think whatever culture that you set forth and, and the standards and expectations that you have within your program or profession or, or whatever it is that you're doing i believe that people thrive on that you know like i, I truly believe that whatever it is that we're putting before people you know that that they're looking forward to stepping up to that challenge. They're looking forward to being hungry to do something better and bigger and different. You know, we may have to be a little bit more creative in how we present it. We may be, you know, have to be a little bit more innovative. We may have to uh, think a little bit more outside the box. And I know I'm kind of saying the same things, but, you know, I, I think we may have to be a tad bit different in our approach but I don't think they've changed. Everybody still wants discipline. Everybody still wants structure. Um, we just need a little bit more creativity in doing so. And, uh, and I think you can still get the same result. You can still have hard workers. You can still have folks that care. You can still have people with passion and fire and, you know, all the things. You know, like, I don't believe that kids don't love the game anymore. You know, I don't believe that, you know, you hear this from some of my colleagues and, and I've thought it too at times. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm so, it's been so refreshing being here, you know, the last few weeks, months, you know, and, 
and watching this group because this group was broken a little bit. And it's been fun to watch them thrive on more structure and more discipline. And, you know, it just proves a point. You know, I just, I believe that folks, young, old, you know, me included, we love structure and discipline. It, we just may have to do it in different ways for different folks. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that. In, in that vein, what ways have, well, what's one of the ways that you think you've grown as a coach from when you first started till now that maybe you held as really, really important, but now not so much, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's something that you didn't revere, but now you do revere. What, what have you feel has, has changed as a coach? Oh, well, Doc, a lot. You know, yeah. I was young and dumb. I was young and dumb. But, you know, I, my, now my former players will all tell me I've gotten a lot softer. Mm -hmm. And current players will not even understand any piece of that. <laughs> sure. You know, they all think you're so tough. But, um, you know, I, I think every experience has helped, helped me grow. I, I think every assistant coach and every former player uh, at, at some point – I've learned a lesson, whether it's been good and, and or whether it's been something that I've learned from that, you know, maybe I should have done differently. Uh, you know, I know I've had a lot of administrators along the way that have taught me valuable lessons. And, um, you know, I, I think I do think what we just talked about, about being you know, a little bit more creative with how you discipline, a little bit more creative and innovative of how you motivate. You know, I don't know that that what I did in 2007 and 2008 at McNeese State with just saying this is how you do it because I said so is going to fly anymore. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I think those are some lessons that maybe, you know, I've grown from, you know, and, and maybe, you know, whether it was, you know, all of my players at McNeese and my experience at Alabama and just everything involved and just growing at different leadership you know leadership places from here to there um and i've got an incredible just an incredible board of directors so to speak or group you know a circle of friends and circle of colleagues that uh that help me grow daily you know and uh you know i, I think those all of these people combined you know have, have made me better as a coach but I, you know i think the people the group that that truly makes you better every day are your players. You learn from them daily. Right. You know, and I think when we stop learning from them daily, you know, we're not very good coaches. You know, and I, maybe that's the thing I've learned the most, and I've, I've kind of rambled. This is probably the best thing. You know, if I listen to our players every day, it makes me better. You know, I, I mean, really, and I don't know that I did that when I was a younger coach. You know, when you're younger, I think you – you think you know everything. You don't need to listen to everybody, you know. And I think it's imperative to listen to your players. You know, I mean, they really do have a feel for, you know, things that they need to, to get better. And that's not to say they're running the show or they're doing this. And I, I think that's one thing I've learned. You can have control and you can have structure and discipline and listen to the needs of your players. And, and that, yeah, that I mean, combination. Can you, because I love that point, I mean, can you give me an example of that? And does that go into, like, listening, um, 
you know, how life is going or like just how they're seeing the game or can you elaborate on that? Cause I think that's a fascinating piece. Yeah, I think both, you mm-hmm. know, I think both, I think you need to grab them, you know, within the course of practice or workouts or, you know, I don't know what, what, what season you're in. You know, I think they're, you know, if you're in the summer, like right now, I grabbed three or four kids yesterday and we had our first workout yep. and, uh, and I made sure Right after practice, I grabbed a freshman, I grabbed a returner, and I grabbed a, a JUCO transfer. You know, and I, I didn't mean to grab, you know, specifically those kids, but, uh, you know, and said, what do you think about the first practice? What do you think? You know, what do you feel about this? You know, and I really listened. I don't know that in 2007 and eight I really listened. You know, and that's not to say I would necessarily change anything, but I, I listened to see what they really thought. You know, a couple of them were really nervous. And, you know, how can we ease their nerves? You know, how can we do this? How can we, you know, you know, well, coach, I, you know, I really, you know, like the defensive stuff, but I didn't understand this. Okay, well, we need to do a little more of this on Wednesday. You know, and those are things I think in my mind when I walk away from them. You know, I think you need to hear them some. And, you know, sometimes you listen to them and, you know, those are the kids you may not need to do anything with (laughs) when you listen to them. You just need to give them the attention and love, you know. But, you know, I do think it's important to listen to them. And then on the basketball side, you know, I think there are some players that can give you some insight. There are some players that have a great mind. You know, I know when I was at at McNeese State, I had a point guard that was – well, actually, I was blessed to coach two all-conference point guards. And – and, uh, and both of them had great insight, and I loved asking them. They, both of them, you know, they, they played at two different times, but, you know, Caitlin Baggett would always come sit with me after games, mm-hmm. you know, on the bus. And she'd make her way. Everybody was sleeping, and she'd make her way, climb over people, you know, and come sit with me on the bus. And we'd talk about the game and, and dissect it. And, you know, and she had a different – she had different thoughts on the game a lot of times than I did, you know? And so I always thought about those things that she had to say. And, and then, you know, then came Jalen Johnson, another, you know, all conference point guard and uh, who's currently playing professionally. And, and, you know, Jay would do the same thing. And, and I wanted to hear what Jay had to say, you know, she said, coach I me, mean, I felt like I could get by this kid, you know I mean? You know, she would say things that, you know, if we're playing a team, again that would benefit us you know and so you know i think you have to listen to them and i don't know that we all do that enough i know i did and i and i know it it has made me better yeah you know when i hear you saying that too i mean in those instances reaching out to them even after practice i mean it gives them voice it gives them uh, an ability to use their voice and that helps them create just better communicators amongst their teammates and then just better leadership. Isn't that right? Oh, it, it creates an incredible leadership amongst, you know, some of your most important players, you know, because those guys can cultivate, you know, some ownership and, you know, they go back to the, to get, to get to the other guys in the locker room. And now you're talking about creating an incredible chemistry you know, and, you know, it just, you start in that, the trickle down effect, you know, and it, it's huge. I, I think it's huge. 
And, you know, and again, you want the team, great teams are led by their players. Mm-hmm. They really are. You know, and that's what it's beginning to cultivate, a, a, you know, a player-led team. And, and you want that eventually. You want that. You want your culture strong enough that that's what's happening. And, uh, and we've been ble- I've been blessed to be a part of that. And, uh, and I've learned to let that happen. I don't know that I, that I knew how to do that early on as a young head coach. Um, and, and boy, it's special when it does. Yeah. You know, I'm always fascinated by that quote in terms of um, how hard and how disciplined is your team when, when coach isn't around. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, Coach, one of the things that I, I love to ask about and that I'm passionate about is people's hinge moments. So these, some these, this one decision, this one person, or sometimes one event that makes all the difference in our lives, um, you know, connects who we are with who we become. Sometimes these are tragedies. Sometimes these are just uh, God moments. Um, can you share with us one of your hinge moments? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I was an injured athlete. I was injured uh, – in high school, you know, back I'm I'm old, doc, you know, so I'm I'm, I'm getting <laughs> up too. there. So back, no, 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 you're you're a young thing. So, you know, back back when I was playing, you know, as you know, scopes were kind of a big deal. You know, I mean, they were a bigger deal than they are now. Now it's like, you know, you can you know have a scope and be back in a couple of weeks and you're rocking and rolling. But um, so anyway, I was an injured athlete and and uh, and played. You know, I mean. I think I missed maybe, you know, two, almost two whole seasons in, in high school. But anyway, went on to, you know, to walk on at Mississippi State. And and, uh, and Coach Fanning was great to me. I mean, she was – I don't know what I did there, but she let me hang around and travel with them my freshman year. And and uh, I guess I was a, a glorified manager slash I don't know what. And uh, she was just fantastic to me. But – I remember this. I, you know, this is something that has stuck with me because I always wanted to coach, like I said earlier. And uh, I was coaching AAU. I've always coached AAU. Even when I played, I coached a younger bunch. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I played for Acadiana Stars in Lafayette, Louisiana. And, uh, and I was coaching the younger group. I think this was maybe my freshman summer. So I was a freshman at Mississippi State. It just completed my freshman year. And, uh, and was in Opelousas, Louisiana, a little Cajun town. You hadn't been there, so got some great food. But, uh, but anyway, I was sitting up in the stands because we were working the event and uh, was, you know, helping out with the college coaches and, and making sure they had everything they needed, all the rosters, food, you know, whatever else, and, and visiting with a, just a lady that I idolized growing up college coach you know really prominent college coach in our game right now too and she's a good friend of mine now but uh but anyway you know I was young and impressionable and and hungry and eager and and I remember her asking me you know Brooks what do you want to do like what 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 is it that you want to do one day and I said oh I want to do what you're doing I want to coach in college and she looked at me and and now she's she's a little rougher now around the edges and she said uh well, you know, Brooks, I mean, I, it's, it's going to be tough for you to ever get in. You know, I mean, you're, you're not playing. You know, I mean, this is really, a, you know, a player's profession. You know, and I remember her saying that. And, you know, and, 
you know, I mean, right now, I mean, I, you know, it's probably not as big of a deal saying this out loud, but as a kid, as a younger person with a dream and, you know, big eyed and, you know, I, I remember it crushing me, like crushing me and being heartbroken, like, oh my goodness, this lady I have idolized for years. Mm -hmm. And she just told me I'm not going to be able to do what I've, what I've wanted to do forever. You know, I want to be her. And, uh, and so anyway, I, I remember, you know, another, another friend of mine that I grew up with that was coaching in college also at the time was there, heard it. And she, she followed me out and said, Hey, Hey, look at me, girl. You can do and be whatever you want to be. Don't listen to that, you know? And, and again, that kind of goes back to, to my board of directors, my circle of friends, my circle of, you know, support, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and to this day, you know, I think back on that moment a lot because I, you know, you, you can walk away from folks like that, you know, and, and, and why she said that, I don't know. She's just kind of tough and rough and, you know, whatever. But, you know, I, I think you have those moments where people discourage you some, right? And, and, uh, and I'm tough now. I mean, so, I mean, stuff like that doesn't usually ever get to me, but that day, was like a moment where I thought, God, man, you know, that hurt me, you know, and I think, you know, kids, you know, you know, kids are vulnerable, especially with people that they really care about and idolize, you know, coaches and, and teachers and, you know, people of authority, you know, that they look up to, you know, and, and I, you know, I, and that was one of those moments where you make a decision like, okay, so I'm either going to listen to that or I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to prove her wrong and I'm going to go be a coach and beat her one day, you know? And, and so that's exactly what I did. And, and in that moment, I thought, okay, well, and you know, it's funny how, how things spin because I, I think she actually helped me get my first job. And, you know, and so I don't know if she'll ever remember that moment, you know, probably not. I mean, you know, but, you know, I, I thought, you know, also in that moment, I thought I want to coach young people and I want to make sure that nobody ever feels the way I did that day. Mm -hmm. You know, I, that, that is my goal. And I'm tough on my, my athletes, but I also love them because I want them to know if they want to go be a nurse, a doctor, a, co a college coach, you know, whatever they want to be, we, we want to make it happen for them. And I want them to believe that they can do that. You know, why not? And, you know, that's kind of how my heart has always been. I'm, I'm somewhat of a, a dreamer, but I'm also a doer. You know, I, I, I believe in hard work and I believe that that's how you do things. And, you know, and so, you know, I kind of kind of got determined that day, got a little fire under me that not only was I going to go do what she said I couldn't, I wanted to make sure that other people were going to do it as well and not feel that way. So that's a fascinating story coach because one of the things i believe is i see anybody that's had success every everybody that's had it that i've seen had that person that told them you know in other words you can't do it that's a dumb idea don't try it and my question i guess is this right if you didn't have that friend that followed you out of the bleachers there um and i know this is difficult right because what if never happened but how much of an impact do you think that part then made on that overall experience? You know, I think it was big. 
I mean, I, I don't think there's any question about that. I, you know, I don't want to downplay the impact that she had on me because I, I think she, you know, she was big. I mean, she, she was a leader. I mean, you can tell, like, she saw it happen, you know, and, and she wanted to make sure that that my my course, my, my mindset, you know, wasn't affected by somebody saying anything negatively, you know, to a young person's dream and heart and, you know, all those things. But, you know, at the same time, Doc, you know, you know, I think that, you know, that mental toughness piece, you know, I, I think that I probably, you know, at some point would have said, okay, you know, this, this lady, you know, look now, you know, she's told me something I don't like to hear, you know, and maybe there was a piece of it that's right. Cause you know, look, I mean, I still battle the whole, you know, the whole former player and, you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of folks that get hired that, you know, are former players. That's And that is fantastic. There are a lot of former players that need to be in our game, you know, and that deserve it and deserve that respect. And, and so I understand that piece. So a piece of that was correct, you know, and that's something that, that I respect and will and will honor and, and deal with for, for my entire career. So a little bit of that was right. You know, however, the other part, you know, I'm excited about playing her one day and beating her. So, you know, I mean, you know, there's that piece, but there's no question that, you know, the friend that, you know, that followed me down was an impact. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, th and that's what I wanted to be. You know, I want to be that impact coach, you know, and, and I think that's what switched that day. The, the trigger switched. Okay. So I'd rather be an impact coach than anything else, you know? And, and so, you know, it's like you idolize these folks and, and we do it today. You watch these recruit, these guys that we're recruiting and, you know, and young folks, you know, you watch them idolizing folks, you know, whether they're in athletics or out of athletics, you know, and in media and whatever else. And, and you worry about why they're idolizing them. You know, you, you worry that are they idolizing them for the right reasons. And, and so it's interesting, you know, to, to have switched that trigger that day, you know, and I'm so glad I did because, you know, it's it's fun to to watch somebody impact somebody else, and and that's exactly what what I want to continue to do is I want to impact others. Coach, um, with and I, I brought this up at the NFL Combine because I would ask every one of the strength coaches who told you you couldn't do it, and right away, I mean, they they all could snap it off, right? They said seventh grade teacher, Mrs. Johnson, she said I was going to end up just like my brother. And every single one of them had that person. And then I asked one of the coaches, and he said, you know what, Rob? He said, the same hot water that will soften a potato will also harden an egg. And I thought that was such a great line. So I guess my next question is, is because that coach that said that to somebody else, if it wasn't you, that could have then crushed them. They could have said, yeah, you're right. You know, if, maybe she is right. What, what was it different about you her saying that to you, what was it that um, that that made that helped shape like who you are? Why do you think that was different? You know, I don't know, Doc. I uh, those kind of things motivate me. You know, I really, honestly, I, I mean, there's like a fire in me uh, that you know, to almost to I hate to say to prove others wrong or to 
you know, but, it, you know, because it's not that there's no chip on your shoulder or anything like that. It's not a, it's no negative thing. It's almost like just a drive, like a challenge and, you know, and it's like, okay, so somebody doesn't think you can do it. Let's do it. You know, it's interesting. There's, there's a song out right now and I, I heard it this morning on my way to work and, and I thought about, you know, this actual moment, you know, that, you know, this, you know, this, this moment we're talking about right now, uh, the girl going nowhere. I don't know if you listen to country music at all. Ashley McBride sings this song. You need, you need to listen to the song if you hadn't, okay. but, uh, I love, I love the song. It's one of my favorites, but you know, Ashley McBride, and I think she wrote it about herself, you know, and, and it's, it's about, you know, somebody telling her whether it was in her hometown or whatever, that she would never play in front of, you know, a crowd or a sellout crowd or, or whatever. And, uh, and you know, now, I mean, I'm listening to her song. So obviously she's, you know, she's a big hit and, you know, it's kind of cool because, you know, I think that's, that's, it's very similar. Now, obviously I'm not, you know, selling out, you know, now she's probably number one or, or top 10 in iTunes on iTunes. So I'm, I'm not doing that dog, but you know, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's really cool. I think it's, it's very similar. You know, you've got that motivation and, and that drive to just do something special and impact somebody because somebody's saying you can't do it. And, and, you know, I, you know, and I don't even see it as a negative thing, you know, and, and I guess you could see it as a negative thing. I see it as, okay, all right, she's she's firing me up, you know, like, mm-hmm. let's get fired up. Let's play, you know, so. Can you incorporate that at all, like, in your creative coaching? Like, if you, because I, I mean, you know this is true, right? If you tell that person, be like, there's no way you're going to be able to box her out. There's no way you can do that move. And then it fires them up, right? They, they turn into, I'll show you. Are you able to incorporate that into your coaching at all? Oh, absolutely. I think there are some personalities that, and maybe that, you know, like mine, I think there's some personalities that thrive on that. You know, I think in coaching, I, I always say this in recruiting and to our current players, you know, we're going to treat everybody fairly, but very differently because, you have to find how they're triggered, you know, and, you know, everybody's going to be triggered very, very differently. So absolutely, Doc, I mean, you know, you're going to find the, the young lady that you're going to say, oh, my goodness, you cannot out-rebound her. Can you out-rebound her? You cannot out-rebound her. And, you know, then that kid's going to go get 20 rebounds, you know, and then there's some kids you cannot say that to. You know, if you say that to them – you know, they'll just shut down. And so you have to know the difference between your athletes and you have to know what motivates them and you have to know their their mental toughness and you, you have to know what, what their trigger is. And uh, and that's that's the part that, that makes you a good coach or not, I guess, and you know, and, and how to manage how to manage them the best. It's that same hot water, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm always fascinated by that because I really want to believe um, that we need that person to tell us that we can't do it Um, because of what you just mentioned, that it it, it galvanates galvanates, uh, our spirit. Like it gives us the confidence because in order for us to be able to show, I'm going to show you, um, 
or I am going to be good enough. We have to have that belief in that. So I think it ignites that, that confidence that has to be inside of us. What I'm always fascinated about is just why some people acquiesce to that. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I can't where others do rise up to that challenge. I'm always fascinated by that difference. Yeah. You know, that, that fear of failure and that, you know, just don't even want to try because they're, they think they're going to fail, I guess. And, and, uh, and I, I just, I just hate that, that feeling, that attitude of, you know, not wanting to fail. Cause I think failure absolutely makes you, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it does. I mean, not that I want to fail. I know you don't want to fail, but nobody wants to fail, but think about how much that makes you better and, you know, how much you can grow from it and how much stronger you can get and, and how much, you know, bigger, better, stronger you'll get for the next task. And, um, you know, and that, that's what we're trying to, to teach our athletes daily. Do not be afraid to put yourself out there. Because putting your, if you don't put yourself out there, you will never succeed, yeah. right? I mean, you will absolutely – it's never going to happen if you don't try. Let me ask you one more question, Coach. Um, with those athletes, those younger athletes that have success early, so, you know, they're the best 8-year-old, they're the best 10-year-old, you know, they're even the best 12-year-old. Um, but then when people start to grow, people start to mature – you know what, they're, they're not the best 15-year-old anymore, you know, and everyone else is caught up to them, and it's really a huge struggle for them to be able to cope and deal with them not being the best anymore. Um, have you have you seen that in, in the game? I have, I have. You know, I, I, th I think we probably see it a lot more now because, you know, people are playing basketball a lot younger. They're playing it a lot more, you know. I mean – and I think that's just kind of a little bit how we've evolved. You know, I mean, it's just basketball's grown so much, and we're playing so much more uh, in the summers and, and so much more club and, you know, AAU and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. I, I think that uh, you're seeing people peak and, you know, younger and and uh, and the struggle of, you know, and, and throw on top of that maybe an injury. Right. You know, and, and, and you know, trying to overcome that at a younger age because they've played so young, you know, and peaked and, you know, and, and trying to handle all of that. You know, it's it's incredibly tough for them. And you get the pats on the back when you're 10 years old. I mean, I don't know how kids can actually process that because, I mean, we're recruiting kids and not necessarily in basketball, but, I mean, in, I mean, 13 years old, you know, I mean, they're getting recruited by – florida to play soccer and i mean they're just coming after taylor swift concert you know and it's like they're only a couple years removed from having teddy bears on their bed and you know we're recruiting <laughs> them to make a huge decision um yeah then you add in that injury i mean their whole identity then gets rocked and i just see so many of the young athletes that are really good early struggle when we really want it to be opposite right we want them to struggle early on and then to be able to be a late bloomer peak later on Absolutely. Boy, we used to have this discussion with, with my, my buddies at Alabama softball, you know, like, because I think they're recruiting, you know, and obviously I don't know it exactly in softball, collegiate softball recruiting, but, you know, theirs is younger than ours, right? Yeah. I mean, they're getting, you know, they're, they're getting commitments from, you know, young and, and gymnastics, I think is the same way, you know, it's, it's so young and, 
and boy, you know, exactly what you're talking about is, is, you know, it's, it's a major problem. And, uh, you know, and I, I think we're just diving into that, you know, as far as the recruiting piece. Um, but as, you know, as far as watching some of these young folks deal with it, I mean, shoot doc, I mean, I've got a three-year-old and, you know, I mean, he's just playing around. I mean, and, you know, if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't, I mean, he's, if we don't tell him good job every time he makes it, you know, makes it whatever he's doing. I mean, whether it's golf, baseball, football, basketball, you know, whatever sport, you know, if we don't tell him good job, he's looking at us like, you didn't tell me good job. I said, well, yeah, I'm not telling you good job every time. Right. I mean, you're three, you know, I mean, we'll tell you good job when you're 10. But, uh, you know, I mean, and I don't mean to be that hardcore, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, I just think that, you know, there's so many pats on the back. Yeah. And you know, and, and it, that, that's why yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, if you hear it about how good you are and how good you are and how good you are all the time, and then, well, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be this good and I'm not, like everyone else is good as well. I think that's, I think we as parents think like we're doing a, a good job, like patting them on the back, but we're not really helping them with what we're talking about, face that adversity, right? And that it's going to be tough. Yeah. And I'm sorry, and I didn't mean asked, to cut you off. I mean, you're the expert on this stuff. I'm just no, asking the oh, questions. No, no. And you asked earlier, what do we look for, you know, in, in you know, like a, the mental toughness, you know, how do we find that? What are we, what are we looking for? I think that's a big piece of it. Humble confidence, mm-hmm. you know, like, a, you know, how, how do you, how do you really look for that humble confidence? Because you want them to be confident now. You want them to know that, okay, I can make the game winner. Okay, give me the ball. I got it. You know, I mean, I, I want the ball, you know, but at the same time, you want them to be humble and, you know, and and know that they can play selflessly within a team and, you know, and, and those kinds of things. And I think when you find that, that that's a huge it factor. Yeah. Huge, you know, because that is absolutely rare these days. You know, it's, it's rare. It's rare to find. And, and rare because of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Coach, thank you so much for uh, your time today and joining us on 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness. And, uh, I mean, I really appreciate your insight. And uh, we're going to put the links up there for all our listeners to be able to follow you and follow the team. Um, are there any if, – if, uh, if there's a girl that's listened to this podcast for the first time, what's the message that, that you'd want to share with her about grit and mental toughness? Well, I mean, I I think the main thing is, you know, go to work because I I truly believe that if you, if you work and in each moment, if you put one foot in front of the other, you can do anything. You can do anything that you want to do and you can be anybody that you want to be in life if you do the work and have the right mindset. There's no question that you can do it. No question. It's awesome. I love it. Thanks so much, Coach, for joining us. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Mental Toughness Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell or visit our website at drrobbell.com.